This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Saw a grain market that was two-sided all week long. We had a risk-off type of trading day midweek and then a risk-on trading day on Friday. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the lack of bullish news allowed the grains to drift. We're kind of in that lull of information. We just don't really have anything. We're not going to have anything until the next crop report, um, which is uh, the 12th, and that's going to be a big crop report. That's USDA's first boots on the ground yield. We kind of got an idea with Pro Farmer that uh, the yields just weren't there for corn, um, and a lot of them were saying deer due to ear length. And so we'll see what USDA comes up with the yield. They've already notched down corn yield a couple different times, um, but Pro Farmer has a pretty low yield uh, forecasted, and so that's going to be the big one to look at. Inflation concerns, value of the dollar uh, pressured the grains early in the week, and uh, that spilled out of the equity markets into the commodity market. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback said traders were looking for a hedge against inflation. In the last three weeks, the thing that's really changed is the attitude about the equity markets is really darkening because the Fed has really said they're going to be very aggressive on getting interest rates down. Uh, meaning not interest rate, getting inflationary rates down. And so interest rates are going to continue to move up. And I think they'll move up into probably a second or third quarter of next year and could even go higher, reminiscent of the 79 to 83 time period interest rates. I don't think we'll get to those highs, but it'll be that pattern. Well, during a speech to the Eastern Economic Forum, Russian President Vladimir Putin blasted the grain deal that was put together by Turkey and the United Nations to safely export grain through the Black Sea region. Putin claims importers are cheating, saying Ukrainian grain exports are not getting to the poorest countries in Africa and other areas dealing with food shortages. The Russian leader said he may seek changes in the agreement. Ukrainian government spokesman said Putin's comments were unexpected and groundless. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith said there are several factors at play in this grain market that led to the risk-on trading day on Friday. The global macro uh, market today, we're seeing a lot of risk on. The dollar's lower, and right now at least, everything's getting bought and the grains are benefiting from that, and we're seeing some strength in the wheat. Renewed concerns about the Ukrainian situation and just how much wheat is actually going to move is one leg of the wheat rally. Uh, there were some reports of some frost damage down in Argentina, but something, and this is something we're going to need to start thinking about here, here in the U.S. as well, but France is beginning to plant their winter wheat, and there's plenty of worry about fertilizer supplies there. Progressive Ag Marketing market analyst Brian Strauman said the risk-on type of trade that was supporting the grains also spilled over into the livestock markets. I was surprised looking at the feeder calf markets, uh, thinking with the double-digit gains in corn that uh, we're going to see uh, the feeders down and, and just the opposite today. Uh, live cattle also having a good day, and, and that cash market coming in steady to $2 lower, and we've been down the last couple of, of weeks. So I did expect to see uh, some pressure in in the live cattle and feeder cattle markets, uh, but we're having a, a decent day uh, in both of those. Uh, the dress weights are down in live cattle. The uh, supplies should continue to tighten as we move forward. I think that's offering some support. Feeder cattle, uh, again, decent uh, or strong demand, actually. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
If it's innovative and ag-related, it'll be at the Big Iron Farm Show, the Midwest's largest ag show at the Red River Valley Fairgrounds, September 13th to 15th, presented by Cass County Farm Bureau. Kick the tires and see infield demonstrations. Experience Midwest agribusiness at its best. Explore over 500 exhibitors. See the latest in agriculture. Hear from industry leaders. Don't miss the 42nd annual Big Iron Farm Show, September 13th through the 15th. Details at BigIronFarmShow.com. Join the Red River Farm Network at the Big Iron Farm Show. We'll be on the west side of the grounds across from the food court. On Wednesday, September 14th, we'll feature Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau with a discussion of farm programs and crop disasters. Also, daily market outlook seminars. The Red River Farm Network Issue Center, sponsored in part by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Farmers National Company, and Pioneer. We'll see you at Big Iron. With a look at this weekend news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. If contract negotiation agreement is not reached by railroads and labor unions by late next week, there is a possibility of strikes and lockouts that would potentially affect grain movement out of the Northern Plains. The Agricultural Transportation Working Group sent a letter to the Senate and House Transportation Committees on Thursday asking them to intervene if an agreement cannot be reached between railroads and labor unions by September 16th. National Grain and Feed Association Chief Economist Max Fisher says a strike or lockout for workers would be an Armageddon to the U.S. supply chain. For domestic movements within the United States, if you take away the rail component, um, a lot of different types of businesses will not receive you know, the, the supplies they need to continue operations, and that's definitely true for agriculture. The agricultural groups that make up this working group are leaving it up to lawmakers to decide how they'll intervene if necessary. Next Thursday, the House Transportation Subcommittee on Railroads and the House Agriculture Subcommittee on Livestock and Foreign Agriculture will dive deeper into rail service challenges. That hearing will be available online at 1 o'clock Central Time on the House Agriculture Committee's website. Representatives of the United Nations and Russia met in Geneva Wednesday to discuss agricultural exports. Earlier this week, Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed the agreement to move grain exports out of the Black Sea region was not being handled as intended. Putin also claimed Western sanctions have hurt Russian grain and fertilizer exports. A U.N. spokesperson said the discussions were constructive and professional, but would not offer any details. In a dispute over sanctions, Russia cut off natural gas supplies to Europe. Energy prices in the EU are skyrocketing and the value of the euro is at a 20-year low. Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi said the situation is being felt worldwide. Watch out for parts coming out of Europe. We've had supply chain issues for several years now. We've went from COVID supply chain issues to Ukraine war supply chain issues. I can't even say it. It's so intimidating. But what's happening in Europe? Europe is going to have to shut down industry to try to conserve natural gas and electric. They switched to the big Green New Deal, yet they had no backup. And the only one providing a lot of this uh, energy was Russia. You can hear more from Grisafi in an interview called The Bullpen. That can be found on the Red River Farm Network's YouTube channel. Wednesday afternoon, the Senate Finance Committee unanimously advanced the nomination of Doug McCaleb as chief ag negotiator in the office of the U.S. Trade Representative. U.K. Foreign Secretary Liz Truss has been chosen as England's new prime minister. She has experience in agriculture with her previous role in the Department for the Environment 
Development, Food and Rural Affairs, and also at the Department of International Trade. USDA banned the importation of ducks and geese harvested by American hunters in Canada. That decision made to prevent the spread of highly pathogenic avian influenza. Ducks Unlimited calling this a disturbing development and is asking USDA to end the ban. The North Dakota State Board of Animal Health amended the statewide suspension of poultry events effective immediately following the positive detection of HPAI. Poultry events like shows, sales, and swaps are prohibited in the affected and adjoining counties. In November 2020, North Dakota Farm Bureau challenged Howes Township for regulating animal feeding operations. The court recently sided with NDFB on their claims of township overreach. NDFB President Darrell Lee says the ordinance was beyond state law. We, uh... Uh, won a decision by the courts in favor of landowners being able to utilize their land for animal feeding operations. And I think it's a good win. It's something that we don't necessarily like to do. You know, no one likes to go into litigation. Historically, we're an agriculture state. We can become a stronger agriculture state if we can have more animal feeding opportunities. The National Pork Producers Council filed a reply brief to petitioners on the California Proposition 12. The council will present their case against Proposition 12 before the Supreme Court on October 11th. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. We know those boots are made for walking, but you've had to work pretty hard this year. When you're at the Big Iron Farm Show in West Fargo, Rest those tired feet and let NDFB help you get where you want to be. Catch a ride on the free shuttle service sponsored by NDFB. And did you know NDFB provides programs, services, and representation to help farmers and ranchers get where they want to be on their farms. Learn more at ndfb.org. That's ndfb.org. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota State University Extension State Climatologist Laura Edwards says the long-term weather outlook over harvest is quiet. It looks like a pretty quiet September, at least, to start the harvest season here in eastern South Dakota. Both corn and soybeans are drying down very quickly given the very warm temperatures that we're seeing and very dry conditions um, with very little moisture. Certainly we're going to see a change in the weather here very shortly in the next couple of days that will bring some precipitation across the state, but mostly to western South Dakota, the higher amounts anyway. But after that, it looks to turn Kind of quiet for a little while, and then maybe some more chances of rain, you know, middle to later of September. And the long-term outlook has equal chance of warm or cool temperatures. The cooler start to the growing season means the crops got a later start in portions of the Dakotas and Minnesota. NDSU Extension Small Grains agronomist Claire Keen says the corn needs a few more days of warm temperatures to finish out. Certainly the hot temperatures, um, that will help us catch up a little bit. We actually, most places in the state haven't been too far behind on growing degree days because we did have some really hot windows in June and, and early on, even despite the 
the late spring. I think the, the warm temperatures will help push corn to maturity. Uh, yes, there are varieties out there that still need those warmer temperatures. Halma, Minnesota farmer Lance Hopka plans to start russet processing potato harvest early next week. The potatoes are looking good. They are approximately 10 days behind schedule uh, due to the late planting. With 10 days, I mean, we project that they put on about uh, five weight per day. That could be up to 50 bags short, which kind of coincides with what we're projecting on yields right now. Minnesota Farmers Union President Gary Wardish, who farms in Renville County, Minnesota, is just starting his navy bean harvest. We pulled into our navy beans last night, went maybe 100 feet and stopped. So I think the beans are just a little bit too wet yet, but it'll be starting, you know. Today is supposed to be 90, so I suspect by the end of this, by today sometime we'll be going. So it's just kind of starting. Dry weather in parts of South Dakota is maturing the corn crop. Watertown, South Dakota farmer Doug Noam is chopping corn silage on his farm. They started taking samples last week about Thursday, and you know they like to take silage at you know, 65% moisture is ideal, and they were finding anywhere from 67 to 70% moisture. But our crop is changing in a hurry with warm weather and dry. We've been pretty dry all summer since May. So we're going to be about, looks to be 10 to 15 percent under normal. Crop insurance adjusters have been out adjusting as the silage cutters are running, finding 170 bushel corn probably last year. The last couple of years has been 200, 200 plus. So we're down a little bit. As the pre-pile season continues, sugar beet growers seem to be pleased with tonnage. However, sugars really need a lot of help. Uh, the crop is a little bit young, so they haven't had time to totally mature yet, but we do definitely could use a little rain, but at the same time, it, uh, <laughs> the, the quality needs to come up a little bit. The sunflower crop has just finished blooming across most of North Dakota. National Sunflower Association Executive Director John Sandbachin says the crop is drying down in preparation for harvest, but sunflower harvest is still a ways out. You know, right now we're, we're probably about seven days behind where we would normally be. So, you know, normally we, we do see some harvest here toward the end of the month, the end of September, um, but the bulk of it usually happens in October in that first part of November. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Join Ag Week as they report from the annual Big Iron Farm Show from the Red River Valley Fairgrounds in West Fargo, North Dakota, September 13th through the 15th. Ag Week will catch up with leaders in agribusiness, farm policy, and markets, and bring you the latest news straight from the show. Catch up with the latest in ag news in Ag Week magazine or Ag Week TV and at agweek.com. Look for Ag Week at the Big Iron Farm Show. The Big Iron Farm Show needs to be on your calendar, September 13th, 14th, and 15th. Join the Red River Farm Network in our building across from the food court. Ag Country Farm Credit Services has daily seminars starting at 11.30, including a session Tuesday talking about creating a succession plan and staying on track. The Red River Farm Network Issue Center, it's sponsored in part by the North Dakota Farmers Union, Irie Insurance, and Crary Industries.